all salespeople. I'm calling all salespeople. Get prepared for a slim, bald-headed brother with skills. Wearing a tailored suit, polished shoes, and gold watch. Last seen in Atlanta, boarding a plane, on his way to do another training. Sales pros, tighten up. Good morning, sales pros, and welcome back to another episode of the Sales is Simple podcast. First episode in March. Hope you guys had a great February. It was a short one. We know how that month goes, but hopefully your year is starting off on the right track and you are well on your way to hitting your goals. So as you can see by the title, we are going to be talking again about the door-to-door salesperson. And if you have not listened to the previous episode, which was episode number eight, I would recommend that you go back and refresh your memory because a lot of the things that I'm going to be talking about today are references to what happened in that episode. Now, I want to start off by letting you guys know that I'm not hard on door-to-door salespeople. I understand that is a hard gig, and if you have not done that before, you do not realize how hard it is to walk up to somebody's door, knock on it, try to build rapport real quick, ask them to buy something all in a matter of two to three minutes if they give you that long. I actually was selling door-to-door when I got out of college, probably I was 21, 22 years old, and was selling business door-to-door. So you can imagine how tough that would be trying to get through the gatekeepers, trying to get past the secretaries to the decision makers. It's a hard gig. So just want to set the foundation and let you guys know that I'm not beating up the door-to-door salesperson. And as a matter of fact, this episode and the examples that I'll be using in the episode this week are almost completely contrary to what happened in episode eight. So again, if you have not listened to episode eight, go back, listen to it for some context on some of the differences between this episode and the last episode regarding how to operate in sales. So let's get started. So typical situation, I'm at the house doing some work, doorbell rings. Now, these people have rang my doorbell on a regular basis, and this is a totally different company than the one that I've mentioned in episode eight. But I wasn't in the mood or I was in the middle of something. Either way, I didn't have time to even listen to what they had to say. So this time, I happened to be walking past the door, doorbell ring. I said, okay, let me, let me see what these guys are all about. So I go to the door. First of all, one of the differences between this one and the last one where they were standing a significant distance away from the door versus the last one who was a little bit closer. So when I opened the door, they immediately said, hey, you know what? Uh, this guy loves your truck. So it was two people again. All right. You could tell there was one who was kind of the senior guy who was training somebody. And then the other guy was a little younger. I mean, he probably looked like he was barely 18, had his notepad and he was taking notes. So open the door. The older guy says, you know what? This guy just really loves your truck. He looks at a sign in my yard. He says, I can see you're a Raiders fan. Are you from the West Coast? So immediately they begin to set themselves apart. Now, how did they set themselves apart? Now, anything they did, was that revolutionary? No, he was attempting to build rapport. And we know about asking the right questions, building rapport, making the connection. But how he set himself apart was because the last three or four people who came to my door didn't even attempt to do that. 
They went right into the hard sell, realizing I've only got two or three minutes, maybe, so I better get to talking about my product. They did it totally different. Let's start building rapport, started building relationships. Right from the beginning, I said, okay, we got something a little different here. So I complimented them at that point. I said, so you must be in training. Guy shook his head, and I asked the other guy, so you must be the trainer. He says, yeah. I said, you're good. And I pointed to the younger guy. I said, you need to listen to him because he's already starting to build a relationship. He's trying to build rapport. And I'm talking to them just like I'm talking to you right now. I said, he's already trying to build a relationship, build some rapport, connect with me. And that's what you need as a salesperson. So then he proceeds to start asking me questions about my current service. And this was a um, telephone and internet provider, I believe. So he starts going into asking questions about what my current offering was, you know, how much I was paying for, how much I was utilizing it, and also started talking about how they had upgraded. They had recently, I think the company was, yeah, it was AT&T, and they had recently laid some fiber optic cables in my neighborhood probably within the last six or seven months. Now, I had AT&T prior, and their service sucked, and I told him that. I said, I've had you guys before. Your service sucked. You know, you got your fiber optic lines. I saw when they were laying them. And so I am interested, not real interested, but I'm at least a little bit interested in what you have to say and what the difference may be with what I had prior. So he starts asking more questions. Still has not tried to pitch me anything, which was great. He was asking the right questions, talking about, you know, how often I use the internet, how many TVs I have, do I have a home phone, things like that. And I only gave him the time of day because they attempted to build a connection by talking about some things that they saw at my house and in my yard. So we've got to be able to connect with somebody and Again, the door-to-door salesperson does not have a lot of time to do that because if somebody opens the door, that's the first key. You got to get them to open the door. And if they do open the door, you've got to do something or say something immediately to make them want to keep listening to you. No different in sales. When we are dealing with customers and clients, depending on the capacity that you're in, there's a finite amount of time that you have to build that connection. In this example, it's a matter of probably a second or two. All right. Where you work, you may have 30 seconds. All right. But the point is, you don't have a lot of time to build that connection. So kudos to them for building that connection. Again, asking questions, starting to trying to figure out what kind of product or service he could pitch to me. And then he did something that was completely different and really wowed me about the difference between what he did and what the previous door to door salesperson did was. Rather than him just starting to point at different houses and saying, oh, I've helped this neighbor, I've helped this neighbor, he actually mentioned the names of three of my neighbors by name, pointed to their homes, said, I've helped this person and mentioned their name. I had a conversation with this person, mentioned their name, and, you know, Mr. Such and Such is looking to upgrade his services as well. Perfect, because this let me know that the guy had actually done his job, talked to some of my neighbors, and paid attention to who he was talking to. Because he hadn't gotten my name yet, he had to have at least got to a point where he may have been signing some kind of paperwork, i.e. making a sale to get their names. So again, kudos to him for not just getting the names, but utilizing that to build a stronger connection with me. 
setting himself apart. Again, I have to parallel this with what I experienced with the last door-to-door salesperson. So he's doing a very good job of setting himself apart. Mentioning those names was very key. So you want to do the same thing when you are talking to your clients. If there are specific people that you've helped, especially if they're referrals, then you always want to mention their name. And if it's feasible based on what kind of product you sell and, and privacy laws and things of that nature, you may even want to mention how you've helped them. But it lends a lot of credibility to you and to your company and to your professionalism if you are able to mention by name other clients that you have helped. Now, he didn't specifically say that he had helped these three, but I know that if he got their names, he at least got far enough into his presentation where he had an opportunity to help them. And I know some of my neighbors, he probably did help at least one of them. All right. I know him pretty well. So, Make sure that you utilize references, referrals, mention people by name when you have an opportunity. Now, like I said, they were standing pretty far away from the door when him and I were talking. So I invited him a little closer. Now, the key with that is I would not have done that had we had not started to at least build some kind of connection. So reading his body language, he was reading my body language, and he was very passive when he started moving a little closer into my space. And I don't say passive as in a way where he wasn't going to be able to make the sale or his body language was such that he had his tail between his legs, but he was very respectful. Let me rephrase that instead of passive. He was very respective in his body language as he was moving closer. Like, I appreciate you offering to invite me a little closer. I don't want to overstep my bounds and get too close. So very good body language from him to say, hey, I will do what you asked me to do, but at the same time, I want to respect your space and not get too close. But again, he could only do that by building a connection with me in the first place. Now, obviously, this scenario that I'm talking about is a little different because I'm in sales, he's in sales, you're in sales. So when you deal with a salesperson, you see it from a different standpoint than the average customer. But looking at it from this viewpoint and seeing it as a customer would, And having the expertise that we have, we know the good versus the bad, all right? We know that guy that came to my door in episode eight and how bad he was versus how good this guy is so far, all right? So at this point, we're still having a conversation, and I explained to him, I said, look, what you have, I'm considering it, and me and my wife have actually talked about switching but I don't make any kind of decisions from a door-to-door salesperson. I explained to him that he was doing a good job, explained to him that I've been in sales for 20 years and was giving him tips as we were talking to help him train his trainee. But I explained to him, I'm not the type of person who's going to sign up for something from a guy who's just walked up to my door. So is there any literature you can leave with me? Is there a way that I can connect with you specifically later if I decide to move forward? And then he did some salesmanship. All right. He says, nope, the company won't let me leave any of my information. You know, I can't do that. I don't have any cards. All those things that started giving me some kind of incentive to buy now. So as you're dealing with a client, give them a reason to buy now. Ask them to buy now and don't just fall into the trap of them saying, well, can I get your card? Oh, yeah, sure. Let me go grab it for you. All right. Or can I give you a call back tomorrow? Oh, yeah, sure. Here's my number. 
All right, take a swing, take two swings, take three swings at them and try to get them to make a decision right now. Now, whether that was a lie or not, I don't know. Probably wasn't. All right, the guy seemed somewhat genuine and I would say, you know, I pat myself on the back a little bit and say I'm at least a, a halfway good judge of character. So when he told me that he couldn't leave his card or I couldn't connect with him later and he, the company only lets him sign people up right now, obviously I didn't move forward with it, but I respected his viewpoint and him saying, no, the only way basically that we can do business is if we do business right now. So I talked to him a little bit and explained to him, said, look, you know, here's where we started wrapping it up. And I said, again, I'm really not interested. I know you have to make a sale now. I know you don't get paid until you make a sale now. But if there was some way that I could get back to you once me and my wife talk about it a little bit, if we do any more research, if there's something that you could leave me. And then he went right to setting up the next sale part of the approach where he says, is there a better time for me and my trainee, basically, to swing back around and see you guys? Perfect. All right. Now, I'm not saying this guy was a stellar salesperson by any means. He was a little, you know, tripping over his words every now and then. He was a little more on the passive side than the aggressive side, a little more on the timid side than the assertive side. But overall, he was a good salesperson. All right. Wasn't a sales pro, but he didn't get taken aback by anything that I said. All right. He didn't get off of his script. He veered off of it when he needed to and redirected himself back. And these are all traits that we have to have when we're selling to clients. We're not going to get them all. We know that the math is the math and it's a numbers game. But if you are consistently good with dealing with your clients, keeping them on track and following your process, you have a much better opportunity for them to say yes. And even when they say no, like when I did, you set up your next contact. And he says, well, when can I come back around? What's the best time for me to circle back around and see if you guys have made a decision? So at that point, I explained to him, I said, look, you know, I'm going to be candid as I have been all up until this point. I'm not going to make a decision based on what you and I have talked about today. I don't have any research. I am deciding and me and my wife are talking about maybe making a switch, maybe reducing some services, maybe canceling services altogether. We don't know yet. But at this point, I don't have enough information from you or your company to make a switch right now. And I know you have to make a sale or you have to uh, make a sale to get paid. So there's no need in us kind of going back and forth because I'm not going to buy right now and you're not going to sell me right now. All right. So at that, I kind of let them go and I will leave it with one of the phrases that we all should hate to hear. I didn't tell him this, but I'm telling you guys. This is probably one of the best salespeople I've never bought from, all right? I know you've heard that phrase before. When somebody is shaking your hand and they're leaving and they're saying, I got to go think about it or I bought somebody else, bought somewhere else or I decided to go in a different direction, but you were one of the best salespeople I've ever met. Nobody wants to hear that, all right? Because if I was that great of a salesperson, you would have bought from me, right? All right? So, and the reason I can say to this guy and say to you about this guy that he's one of the best salespeople that I never bought from is because the only reason I didn't buy from him was because I didn't really need his product. All right, what they were offering and the service that he was trying to provide through the company was not anything that I necessarily needed right now, nor did I want. But had it been a service, a product, a perfect offering that 
the timing had happened to be right on, I would have easily given him my business. All right. So make sure that when you are dealing with your clients, not only are you doing the right things, which he did, he did everything right, which was he immediately set himself apart. He went right into, well, I didn't go right into, but he transitioned beautifully into asking the right questions. All right. He began to explain his value proposition a little bit, started telling me about the price and structure and the deals that he could give me today and things of that nature. All right. He was trying to set up the next contact when I told him I wasn't going to buy, but the L was missing. All right. He could not land me on the perfect offering because he did not have the perfect offering for me. All right. He had a perfect offering for some of my neighbors, possibly. But at that point, he didn't have a perfect offering. So that's today's episode, guys. Just some updated lessons from the door-to-door salesperson. Like I said, I'm not against those guys, and I'm not against salespeople at all. What I am against is bad salespeople who are giving us a bad name. And this guy made me proud to be a salesperson, all right? He should make you proud to be a salesperson. So make sure that you are doing all the steps to your process. You're following them meticulously. You're fluid enough to be able to transition and move away from the process when you need to, but have the ability and the capability to get right back in line and stay on that process. All right. So very good. Kudos to him. Hand clap for this door to door salesperson. I wanted to share that with you guys because I didn't want you to think that I just have a vendetta against door to door salespeople. And this was actually a great experience that I wanted to share with you. I know it's been a while since I've asked you guys to actually share an episode, but feel free to share this episode with someone who may be having a hard time with selling, who may be down on their luck. Maybe they had a bad February and they just need a a little bit of inspiration to let them know that, hey, I can still make it as a salesperson. All right. Go ahead and rate and review the podcast for me if you have not done so. I would appreciate those ratings that just helps other salespeople be able to find this podcast a little better. It goes up on the search results so that when people are looking for sales podcasts, they can find this one. And then lastly, you know, we've been talking about the Sales Pro Academy. The special is offer right now, but if you still decide that you want to capitalize on some of the trainings and the knowledge that you will gain from that Sales Pro Academy, you can go directly to salespro.academy and register for that online training course. Again, it is a 16-week course. You'll get a new module every week, about 25 to 30 minutes. And you know me, I keep my promises when it comes to time. Time is money, and you guys don't earn money by listening to me directly. Now, you will earn some from utilizing some of the tips that I give you, but while you're listening to me right now, obviously you're not making any money. So with that being said, thank you again for lending me your ear for another you know, 20 minutes or so. Look forward to connecting with you in any capacity that I can. And I want you always to remember that the best way to get what you want is by giving others what they want. Mm-hmm.